Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday night. Well, when you watch this, it'll be Thursday night. Uh, but another guest on, another amazing guest uh, this week coming to you live is uh, Ben, the emo and cap. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm just plugging right along, just hanging out, emo as ever, emo as fuck. <laughs> is, it, is it is it in fact a phase or is that is that i can confirm it is not a phase it was never a phase mom <laughs> i will say i listen to every genre of music that's that exists and uh there will be times where and someone will yell at me for this, but I'll like have MCR on the on my headphones while I'm sitting there doing a fucking heavy squat, my knees screaming to go out. But it's yeah. Hey, there's nothing that'll get you through that deadlift like uh like some emo breakdowns, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like you just start halfway through the set, you're just crying, you don't know why, but it, it feels amazing. It's you're good. It's yeah, little John can only get you so far. What? Well, how are you doing, man? Uh, how, how's uh, how's things going up there in the uh, the northeast? Uh, it's anyway. chilly. We had a couple snowstorms this week up here in the free state of New Hampshire, uh, but it's good. Like I, I'm loving things here. I moved here about two years ago. Um, got pretty like you know I came here for the free state project. And I got pretty involved with LPNH as well. I'm on the board for LPNH right now, um, at Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. And um, yeah, we uh, we stay busy. I've been doing some fun stuff this last summer. Like we did like a police gun buyback where I bought back uh, police guns. I stood outside of Manchester Police Department and and held we held signs that said "Save the Dogs" and shit. It was a good time. <laughs> I did see that. That was amazing. I really want to organize something like that here. That would be. I think if the LP like wanted to, or and the Liberty people, it doesn't have to be the LP. Like anybody that like cares about their gun rights should do more activism like that because yeah, you're trolling the shit out of the boot, but also, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, you're also like, it's a community thing. Like we had so many people pulling off on the side of the road to like stop and ask us what we were doing, figure out what we were about. You know, we had like kids stopping by to get free donuts because we were basically offering to buy back police guns for either a $25 gift card or free donuts. And obviously nobody took that offer, uh, but it got some pretty cool video out of it. We got some, you know, a little viral video type thing going on. And uh, that was it was a good time. You know, we, we also got put into the newspaper which is this is the shit li li like liberty folk should be put in the newspaper for uh you know standing up you know for your gun rights and uh all that shit so um yeah good time it was a good time we do some fun stuff up here in new hampshire we troll the shit out of people so as you should um see one thing i did want to do is when i get my uh gun license back to uh, my ffl back and um get that going again I want to start doing like I don't foresee Tennessee enacting any gun buybacks anytime soon. But yeah. if, if they do pop up, I want to show up and be like, "Hey, I will buy your gun for cash versus this little bullshit coupon they're going to give you, and you can spend yeah. this anywhere, however you want to." What's wild is when I did it, people were like, "Because New Hampshire has like some of the best gun." laws in the country for people who like the second amendment you know and and like their guns and uh you know like essentially like the other year the the state reps they passed a bill or it passed state rep senate all of it the governor signed it to basically nullify federal gun laws if they enacted some kind of ar-15 ban or something like that um new hampshire would not have to abide by any federal gun law that it doesn't want to abide by so basically puts it in the state hand to decide like we could get a democrat in there and they could just sweep the house and they could ban it and we would lose shit but we don't have to <laughs> i mean you know we can basically tell them to kick rocks which is nice um but you know even with having such good gun laws here there has been gun buyback programs facilitated in some of the more liberal cities like we had one on the seacoast here in a town called portsmouth um just a few years ago i guess so I mean, it's not like that stuff doesn't happen even where gun laws are lenient. You know, it's still still very much there. And you can't wait for uh, shit to get bad before you start standing up for your gun rights because 
then it's way too late. You're never going to get that back yeah. at that point. So it's it's always easier to hold what you got than to fight to get back what you lost. Yeah, it always is. And people oh, learn yeah. way too late. They do. I mean, I've I've shot competitions since I was like five years old. So like I, I learned very young. My dad taught me how to like respect firearms and all this stuff. Um, and then, you know, from 18 to 20 or no, 20, uh, 19 to 21, um, I was also infantryman in the army and, you know, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I've always loved guns. I, I, I have a, a pretty good collection. I also have a lot of axes, as you can see in the back there, uh, my guitars, but, um, you know, like I think when it comes to you know, gun laws, like I said, like we can't wait till, uh, can't wait till they're gone. I lived in California for three years before I moved to New Hampshire. I moved there for work to save money because the money was good out there for, for our construction. So it's like pretty wild out there. Um, I couldn't get out of there soon enough. Like I was like, I need to save every penny I've got because like the taxes are insane. The gun laws are ridiculous. Um, you know, I spent my time out there basically, um, finding ways to avoid their stupid restrictions. So I would make a bunch of featureless rifles for my friends. Um, that would look like they're not featureless rifles. They would look like, you know, regular AR 15s, but there's ways you can get around their laws out there. Like you're not allowed to have an adjustable stock, but if you put a little rubber piece in your stock, it can just like basically stop it from moving. It's stupid. You can't have a vertical foregrip, but you can't have an angled foregrip. You can't have a flash hider, but you can't have a muzzle brake. It's all like, so dumb like these is this is they're literally following some such a stupid definition of assault weapon that like you can get around and bend those rolls so easily so but i would just yeah. do a lot of that i would go to gun ranges and i would actually have to keep a copy of the gun law in my gun uh uh you know case because i was stopped multiple times by cops They're like oh you can't have that one time i even almost got arrested by um a game warden because I was out in the, the, uh, woods shooting and, uh, he was like, he heard guns shooting and stuff. And, you know, he stopped by and he was, uh, not happy with what he saw with my repertoire of guns. And, uh, he, uh, he was like, those are illegal. And I had to, if I didn't have that copy of the actual law and the definitions in my pocket, basically, I would have for sure gotten arrested. He had to call it in to make sure I didn't just fake it and type it up. Like he literally didn't know the law. And, and for some reason, gay wardens are allowed more um, leeway than even police officers. They can just basically do what they want. So, yeah. Yeah. Game wardens uh, even here have a lot of authority to do pretty much whatever they want um, within reason. Like they can check like locked cars, locked coolers, stuff like that. They can't just walk into your house and do what they want. But yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It is weird. Uh, I, I've heard the argument for why. I still think it's fucking stupid, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it is unfortunate that California and places like California, and New York, and you know, states like Washington and Oregon, we're starting to see, you know, this. Just basically, they're just they're bogging people down in bullshit laws. Like they can, they've they've realized that they can just like ban arbitrary shit that way you know yeah you have no idea what the law is so they can trip you up and just take your guns anyways and don't have, don't have to worry about it in the future and that's kind of the, the the plan that they want right like they want it to be this this jungle i guess that you have to navigate in order to just be able to practice your basic right of owning a firearm and yeah. uh they've yeah they've realized that they can bury you in bullshit down here and then all the upper level stuff they keep getting shit uh, shut down on either at the supreme court at the federal level so yeah no and and you know uh you know we can i mean i it's hard to say like what's going to happen over the next four years but you know i'm not overly confident that either of the candidates that are front running on either side are not gonna try to enact some kind of new federal gun law regardless you know even trump you know, did, you know, ban bump stocks or whatever. And uh, Biden hasn't really done anything crazy, but he keeps saying he will. He keeps threatening it. So we're just waiting for the day where he finally has the balls to do it, uh, you know. But uh, it, was, it really, like, it's all media hype that facilitates this stuff too. It's 100% always an emotional reaction when they try to pass these type of laws. Like, states don't just randomly do this. You know, they'll start putting them into place after some kind of mass shooting happens and some kind of tragedy uh, no more dead children. Yeah, no it's more dead the children. They always say. 
if you want to prevent kids from dying in school, let them conceal carry in school. All right. <laughs> like, I'm talking six and seven year olds. We should have vending machines in every elementary school that have guns in them. Like people think I'm joking. <laughs> like my, my two boys, uh, you know, they're about that same age range and they absolutely could handle a firearm. The youngest yeah. one, he would probably shoot everyone else around him. But I mean, the older <laughs> one, he'd, he'd be all right. Like I, like I said, like I, from a young age was learned to respect firearms. And I think that like, if it was a more, um, you know, I, I don't even like want to say it, it, it was never forced on me. I just wanted to do it from a young age. My dad, you know, was raised with guns and hunting and all that stuff. And I, I wanted to do the same thing at a young age. So, you know, I asked him if I could start shooting and started with a BB gun working way to a 22 and then high power rifle very soon after I started, you know, shooting at like national competitions and stuff. And, um, it carried the responsible gun ownership and, and, you know, safety and all that stuff that goes with you. You know, you don't just forget that it's kind of like, you know, um, you know, it's, it's all about how you, um, uh, are taught and raised and all that stuff too. Like, you know, even young shooters as adults, like you, it's never too late to get a firearm and learn proper firearm safety. There's plenty of places out there that will train you and teach you the lessons and all that stuff. So, and it's not even that expensive. Like I live pretty close to six hour and they host classes five days a week. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And that's, that is the funny thing. Like everyone I have on that knows anything about firearms or has been around firearms for any amount of time, like Carrie Sloan, we, uh, her episode just dropped uh Thursday night. Um, you know, the big thing everyone always talks about in the firearm community is get training, get training, get training. I don't care how experienced you are. You should always have more training. You should always continuously yeah. train to maintain what you know. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, you know, anti-gunners are always like, you know, uh, we should, you know, you guys have no training or blah, 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 or whatever. That's why people are dying. And then on the flip side, you start getting a lot of training. Like, what are you, some kind of extremist and violent psychopath? But in reality, the, the truth is, the more you train, the safer you are, period. Because yeah. not only are you safe around yourself, but others with firearms around you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like there's countless examples of people that, you know, have needed a uh, firearm when the time happened, when some kind of disaster was happening and tragedy was taking place. And, you know, like, like I, I, even thinking about like that church incident from a little while back, like this dude comes in with like a, a gun ready to shoot up the this shotgun. church and this dude just one shot, one killed him right in the forehead. I'm like, you know, like this is obviously like probably a church is going to have a lot of strapped people, I would assume. But, uh, you know, especially in Texas. <laughs> if if you ever talk to professional like marksman shooters, they will all tell you like anyone who's got military experience, combat experience, any kind of like high level experience training with firearms will tell you that that is a fucking phenomenal shot. Oh yeah. Across the room draws, aims, fires, drops the guy one shot. Yeah. That is very difficult. That's training. That was training. That is training. It's, it's wild. But I mean, that's, that's like when you train regularly, it literally becomes like, like a second, it's just a natural reaction. You know what I mean? Like you're so used to it. Like, you know, point it and, you know, like do your thing. Uh, it's still a very talented shot. Like you, you, like not everyone's born with that level of talent, even after all the training. But um, you know, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know. It's it's, it's wild. You, you just gotta just gotta train, like you said. You think that old man went home and like just like the week before his his old lady was bitching at him about going to the range so much. He goes, "See, Susan, I told you." <laughs> no, you know what I think he did? I think he sat at home at his table and cleaned his gun right away because that's what responsible gun owners do. <laughs> no. You got to let it marinate. You got to let it marinate. Uh, I've got like half my arsenal is not even clean right now. Oh, God damn it. You're going to get misfires. And see, that guy didn't have no misfires. <laughs> no, see, I'm a firm believer in like eventually you need to do you do need to clean it. But like you do need to let it cycle without cleaning it all the time. I think I have an opinion that you can overclean it. That's just me. I can be wrong. I, just, I mean, I, feel like it's I don't know. Like I, in the infantry, I clean my rifles every day. So it's one of those things. Like I, I don't know. Like you were in the military, weren't you? Army. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So like, you know, I, for a while, like I, I had to literally clean that shit like every fucking day and it was, it got old, but it like, also I've been cleaning rifles my whole life. So, uh, I'd get my shit done quick and try to help somebody else with theirs. And, you know, at least in the training side of it, when no one knew how to do anything. Um, I always, I don't know. I've always, I'm always the guy who will like get home from the range and just spend like an hour doing more relaxing gun cleaning. I think that shit's relaxing. So <laughs> I'm just also retarded and autistic a little bit. So it's just, I mean, Hey, whatever works, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the ADD it. shit going on. Like I need everything to be clean and organized, you know, dang, dang, dang. <laughs> Susie, Susie's right there with you. She says, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm not repeating what she said, not on camera. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing all that. She was, there was arm movements and stuff. It was, it was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So New Hampshire, um, Oh yeah, y'all yeah. did the the gun buyback thing. That was I thought that was hilarious. I was uh, really excited by that one. So I do need to know. So this is coming from someone who has lived on multiple continents, different countries, whatever. Where on a map does New Hampshire get the audacity to call itself the freest state in the country? I need to know because there's a lot of audacity going around. I mean, it, it it stems off of like a, an, an article from the Cato Institute that they come out every year. They rate everything on like, you know, overall personal freedom scale on an economic scale and all this stuff. And New, New Hampshire's consistently ranked number one for like pretty much 20 years. There was like one or two years that I think Florida took it. And then New Hampshire was just like right back to number one. And I, I get it. All those people down south, they think Florida's so free. I know you're from Florida. You lived there for a little while. I'm not from Florida. You're not from Florida. Didn't... Susie's from Florida. All right, that's right. She's from Florida. But like, I'm you from... know, okay, yeah, that's right. okay, Tennessee. That's uh, but you know, we both don't have state income tax, so it might be a little, you know, uh, there's that. But you know, the only tax we really have here is property tax. So that's pretty much it. Um, you know, we don't have sales tax. We don't have anything wild like that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's been, uh, what is this? Who's ranking? Put on big screen, Jamie. <laughs> what is this nonsense? She says this is this year's. Yeah, look. From Cato? From, yeah, they use Cato. No way. Those traitors. I mean, you're still like up here. It says you, but then on the list, it says us. Hmm. Where's Tennessee at in all this bullshit? Yeah, but you know what? Seven. Seven. Florida just banned anti-Semitism, so you know we can still be anti-Semitic in New Hampshire. Not that I am. I'm just saying. You know, we're allowed to say talk about the Jays up here, though, without getting called anti-Semites. The so. Jays. <laughs> what is going on? Sorry. <laughs> I'm so confused as how Tennessee made it down to level seven. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. And, and, you know, we don't have red flag laws either. There's that thing, too. So Florida has red either. flag laws. Uh, it's They have more red flag laws enacted in, in Florida than anywhere in the entire country, which is wild to me. I actually, like, would have never seen that coming, but that is that is a crazy stat. It says above average incarceration rates in criminal justice policies. That's why Tennessee is lower. That's all Memphis. I guarantee it. Memphis is dude. Yeah, like, the big the only thing worse than gang violence in Memphis is police violence in Memphis. It is wild. <laughs> well, you don't know who you're gonna get shot by. The the two stats are probably very uh very tied together, I would assume. We should make a motion to give Memphis back to uh, Mississippi. There you go. I think at one point it was. Yeah, then they're going to have to fucking, yeah, completely rewrite a bunch of songs about Memphis. Tennessee jumps to the number one spot but every year. But then we lose 3-6 like... Mafia. <laughs> I mean, haven't oh, we already kind of lost them, though? No! <laughs> forever. As long as you don't use, lose uh, Graceland, I think you're fine. Ooh, mm. we would lose Graceland. I I don't really care about Elvis anyway. Anyone that dies on the shitter is a, is a failure to me. <laughs> we would still keep Johnny Cash because Johnny Cash is in 
my part of the state. That's all that you need. It makes up for all your losses right there. So, but yeah, like I, I get saying, like New Hampshire's, New Hampshire's dope, man. I love it up here. Like I've, I've like said, I've been here two years, but um, I was raised in the Northeast and in, in Pennsylvania, and uh, for the first fifteen years of my life or whatever, and um, I've kind of traveled the whole country. I've been to forty-two states with my old band touring through, and um, you know, it got to the point where. You know, I, I know what I like, I know what I don't like. I also lived in Colorado for like 12 years and I loved Colorado. Um, but, uh, I always was kind of drawn to new England. Um, and I would never want to live in like Vermont or Massachusetts or Rhode Island, Connecticut, fuck that noise. Uh, maybe like Maine, maybe I would have gone to Maine cause my, like I had, you know, family that had a cabin up in Maine. Uh, but New Hampshire, man, like, I don't know what it is. And the free staters, the libertarian movement that's going on here is wild. We have like over 10% of the state reps here that either call themselves libertarians, anarchists, agorists, voluntarists. Um, and, uh, you know, it reflects in the legislation that's being passed too. Cause like, I mean, they even just passed like, you know, the school choice so that people can, you know, choose where their money's going for schools. Um, you know, they just banned uh, you know, gender reassignment surgeries for people under 18, which shouldn't even be controversial, <laughs> but like, you know, that just happened this last week. We just, um, uh, passed, uh, at least in the state house level still has to go through the Senate. We've just passed defend the guard, which will bring all of our national guardsmen from New Hampshire. New Hampshire has a huge national guard unit. They'd bring all of them home until Congress does its constitutional duty and declares war, which is never going to happen. Um, you know, unless they're slighted hand, whatever happens in too many states. But, um, uh, yeah, like, like I, there's so many things to love about this state. The only thing people really get scared of is the, the, uh, the cold. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like I lived in Colorado for, like I said, 10, 12 years and, uh, Colorado got more snow than New Hampshire did last year. The difference is that, you know, here it does stick around a little bit longer because it doesn't fluctuate from like 20 degrees to 60 degrees all the time. Um, it's usually a pretty consistent temperature, but we also don't have to deal with like a hundred plus degree heat in the summertime. Usually, you know, like, uh, that, that shit's for the birds too. So you can only take off so many clothes. Everyone says it, but it's true. So at least when you're working, I mean, I don't know. It depends on where you work, what type of work, but, uh, you know, it's true. I've always preferred the heat. Um, I've lived in Norway, which is like stupid fucking cold if you yeah know about it and uh i've lived in cyprus and trinidad and i much greatly prefer the heat it's I can't yeah i I, I i get it much. like so it's it's definitely not for everyone too like and i'm not going to be like one of those guys that's like i i do tell everyone they should move to new hampshire i tell them they should at least visit new hampshire because there's so many cool things to do here but um you know like it's definitely, it's not for everybody. So I'm not going to be pissed if someone says like, ah, I'd prefer to live in Florida or I'd prefer to live in Tennessee or Colorado. Like that's fine with me. Like I, I though there's some great redeeming qualities to all those states too. You know, just don't piss off your ex in Florida and make her call in a red flag law on your ass. That's all it is. So. Well, I will make sure to tell everyone that they should all move to New Hampshire. Everyone from California, New York. I mean, no. they should, I will tell every one of them they should absolutely move to New Hampshire. They're welcome. To be honest with you, like I, I actually uh, I like that the cold helps us gatekeep people because like a lot of the people <laughs> from Michigan states, they're like scared. Like California's like, oh, I'm never gonna move somewhere cold. They're gonna go to places like Texas, and I mean, Colorado was completely destroyed by California. Uh, even Florida is being actively uh, taken over by Californians. Annihilated. And, uh, it, it's true, and you know, but but you know, people are scared of the cold. And who are the people that are moving to New Hampshire? Tell you what. It's not a lot of liberal Democrats and like, I'm not even trying to play just one side of the spectrum. There's shitty right wingers and stuff and all that too. But I would say like when it comes to respecting free speech and personal freedom, uh, depending on what your definition of freedom is, I think that like, you know, there's some really crazy shit happening on the left and it's blatantly obvious. So if we can avoid sending, getting any of those progressives into, into our state, that, that'd be great. If the cold scares them away, that is a huge blessing for New Hampshire. So, yeah. Um, 
it, it is a real uh I, I don't think it's a question that people are asking enough like right like so why are we seeing this this mass influx of people moving out of California and New York, and they say, "Well, it's too expensive." And then you ask them, "Why is it too expensive?" And then they say some bullshit about cost of living or whatever. But why is New York and California, you know, five dollars a gallon for gas, and everywhere else is like, you know, from two something ninety something yeah. to three something, right? Yeah. And it's it's you never get a straight answer out of these people. But then you know you're kind of called an asshole for telling them like you want a certain way of life you should probably go back to where the fuck you came from right and you know like i know for me the journey from california to new hampshire it only could have been longer in one way and that was if i went to maine instead of new hampshire like that was the longest drive of my life let me tell you what but it is they make it really hard to leave that state everything's super expensive even for like Mm -hmm. renting a truck because um you know most of the rental truck places will only allow for in-town rentals um, they don't want you to leave the state with them because they're, they know they're probably not going to get those trucks back. So they have to send people actively out of the state to bring trucks in, empty trucks in all the time. Um, yep. cause there's so many people leaving that leaves people like me having to spend like freaking nine grand to get a rental truck to drive across the state. That's not including miles. That's not including the gas to get here. That's just to leave the state with the truck. They're going to charge you nine grand. I rented a truck here to do some town to town work the other day and I paid like a hundred bucks. If I was leaving New Hampshire and going to another state, I could probably get the rental truck for literally a couple hundred bucks. And, but these guys are charging nine grand. So they make it almost impossible. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. And that's by design. Like, I mean, it's a prison without walls is essentially yeah. what it is. Or, yeah, it is. you know, lack, lack of a better term, it's a plantation. You know, you, you turn everyone into slaves. No one can bitch, right? I mean, if you make them, you know, subservient to your tax rules and these laws and, and all this bullshit that they just cram down on people every single day and then they can't afford to leave. I mean, the people that can don't give a shit because they got enough money to stay. And yeah. it, it, it is hard to see people like that. I mean, because like, you yeah. Golly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in California is, in New York and, you know, these really, really progressive cities or, or states, I mean, they are, like, getting basically, like, you know, they there's a reason why all this is happening. It's because they are um, intentionally making the entire state basically uh, surviving off of welfare at this point. They want, they want everybody to be reliant on them for everything, for their food and resources, anything. They'll literally, uh, they'll charge you a shit ton of money for it too. And they'll, they'll tax the shit out of you. Like they'll give you your gas tax and all that stuff. You know, that's why everything's so expensive out there. Um, but you know, they, they definitely want you to be reliant on them for healthcare, education, everything. So that's why they're making it free and charging you with taxes instead. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by my my Arcade is a wonderful tool that allows you to save not just photos, but memories. Um, don't just save your pictures where they're at risk of being censored, deleted, or lost. My Arcade gives you security and privacy at a great price while telling the whole story in your own voice and writing. You're able to save photos organized by event, by individual, however you'd like to see fit. My Arcade will give you the tools to help organize your entire collection. Um, and here's the cool thing about my market. It's not just some folder on some cloud server somewhere that you don't understand and you just throw everything in there and hope it works out. They give you the tools to organize and expand your collection uh, for future events. So go check out my market today at myarkit.com. That's M-Y-A-R-K-I-T.com. Uh, use my promo code, not real. That's capital N, capital R, not real. Go check it out at myarkit.com. I mean, and here's the other thing that no one thinks about too, right? So they increase the cost of everything, right? So fuel, stupid expensive out in California. Mm-hmm. One of the number one crimes in California right now on a day-to-day basis is gasoline theft. Because what's, yeah. what's happening is overnight people are going up underneath trucks or anything that they can slide up under, drilling holes in the bottom of them, draining all the fuel out and using it either for themselves or reselling it. Mm-hmm. And they basically created a gasoline black market for a supply that's so adamant across the world that only California could create a black market for gasoline. Which is wild because there's so many rigs off the shore of California that are drilling for oil 
There are so many. It's everywhere off the coast of like San Francisco and all that. There are a ton of them. And, uh, but we're not keeping it in California, obviously, or, uh, you know, and they're not wanting you to actually use that oil. It's going everywhere else except for California, you know? So, um, well, probably a lot of it is. It's just the taxes they put on there. Cause if you ever look at like the receipt they give you, if you get like an itemized receipt from inside the gas station, it yeah. shows you what your gas per, uh, tax percentage is. And it's for a lot of states, it's astronomical. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It is really crazy. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm so glad I got out of that hell hole and, uh, never have to go back. So <laughs> New Hampshire is definitely better. Um, but I'm, I'm, yeah, like, I'm glad to be here. I definitely like, it. I don't mind the cold at all. So like for me, like, you know, when I was in California, I kind of missed the snow to be honest with you. So not everyone can say that. I know that a lot of people fucking hate the snow and that's totally understandable because it comes with just more outside work that you don't want to do because it's too cold or whatever. But, uh, for me, like, it doesn't bug me at all. Like, I like the snow, especially hunting in the snow. It's one of my favorite things. So, so is there uh, anything, uh, LP and H or you or anyone's working on anything, you know, you kind of, well, we have our convention and like, um, when this comes out, it'll probably be like, uh, that weekend or the weekend after. So they have their state convention electing new officers. I'm not going to be doing it again. Um, I might try to be on some committees like the Twitter communications team or whatever. Um, but um, other than that, I actually have other plans this year to take political activism for myself in another direction um, in a way where I can like, you know, I think better impacts my community and also um, is, uh, is going to uh, I, just in general, like, you know, like, I'm an anarchist. I like to troll cops. I like to have fun, do these community events, like I said. And this is going to be a way for me to like give back to the community, but also just have fun with it and do what I love to do. Like I ran for sheriff a couple of years ago and that was such a good time. Um, you know, because like even as like a libertarian anarchist, I was having like hit pieces put out on me. I had people mail me shit and give me death threats and all that. Dude, I got like 12% of the vote in my county. And it's like the biggest county in the entire state. So like they have the, the capital city of Concord was in my in my county. And um, I did all this on like $800 budget. <laughs> like I, I had nothing. I put up some signs. Um, and if I had taken it more seriously, I would have just ran as a Republican and won. That I literally like would have won if I ran as a Republican. And it wouldn't have changed the fact that I'm a libertarian. I don't really care about that. Okay. Like I care about freedom. If I can facilitate freedom by saying I'm a different name, it doesn't matter. You can be a libertarian Republican. That's fine. I don't care. Let them call me what they want. Let them troll me for uh, running as Republican. It doesn't fucking matter to me at all. So, um, but that's like a, a big thing. Like a lot of other places in the country have ballot access as libertarians. So they can run as a libertarian at no cost. They just put their name in and on the ballot. There they go. In New Hampshire, we don't have ballot access as libertarians. So we have to go get signatures for everything to get, uh, you know, like Jeremy Kaufman and, and whatever on the ballot last year um, for running for Senate. We needed to get so many signatures and you can only do so much of that without having to pay people to go gather signatures. Dude, I'm telling you right now that that campaign probably cost like 15 to 20 grand. Ooh. Imagine if like that 20 grand was put, you give a thousand bucks to some more localized races running for city council or for state rep. A thousand bucks can win you a state rep seat in New Hampshire. It does not cost a lot of money to do that here because everything's so decentralized. There's 400 state reps in our state. Um, whereas like, so there's the basically the most representation per tax citizen in New Hampshire than anywhere else in, the, in almost the world. There's only like one or two actual countries that have better representation per tax citizen than New Hampshire does. That is why we're able to pass these awesome, you know, you know, pro freedom laws and stuff is because, um, you know, when we're voting for somebody, we're voting for our next door neighbor. They know what their community wants and what it needs. They don't want big government in their business. Everything's super decentralized. So for myself, I think that like the way I can best contribute to uh, the liberty movement is by running for probably one of those state rep seats to try to win over my ward in the city of Manchester, um, New Hampshire. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, and I haven't even like uh, really dropped that news publicly yet, but 
I'm basically, I'm planning to run as a state rep for the city of Manchester this year. And uh, like, I have a chance of winning. I, I have a legitimate chance of winning this. The seat has been controlled by Democrats for the last like 12 years. And uh, it was only one last election by like a hundred votes. <laughs> and uh, um, I can go and I'm in like a, the type of ward, like everything's within such close proximity. I can spend four or five weekends and basically knock every single door in my entire ward. And, um, you know, if I go out there and I actually put in the work, there's no question in my mind that I can persuade 51 of those voters to flip their vote and vote for me. There's no question in my mind. So, and, and this is with like, these other guys are losing with, with no money, with no actual energy. I'm going to be putting signs up. I'm going to be putting out like campaign videos and doing stuff on social media too. I'll probably rent a billboard that's blasted right over top of everything popular down main street over here. Um, and, uh, yeah, like we're gonna, I'm gonna like try to do this thing, man. Like we need to, that's the kind of like stuff we can be doing is going after these like very winnable, more localized elections. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. Like it's still an uphill battle to flip a seat as, as a state representative, but, if you're willing to put in the effort and energy and you have the time and, uh, you know, resources to do it, like, you know, more people should be doing that, especially if you care about your freedoms and your free speech and, and your guns and stuff like that. You can't wait till they're gone. You gotta like do it while all you still have it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm going to get up there and I'm going to try to basically, uh, nullify all the shitty laws and, uh, you know, I don't know, abolish the state police. <laughs> That would be great. We could start there. Hell yeah. There you go. Yeah, that is a... See, that's one thing a lot of people... That's not. That's actually not even a conversation for the most part in national news. Um, it actually did get a couple days there when Trump got taken off the ballot in Colorado and then got promptly put back on. But ballot access isn't discussed by most Americans. Most Americans don't even know that that's a thing or that it exists no. or what it means yeah. or anything. And yes, uh, Tennessee has a horrendous set of ballot access laws um, that stem from the Jim Crow era, where basically, you know, we need somewhere in the ballpark of 50,000 signatures to run a statewide candidate. And those are confirmed. New York signatures. has the same number, by the way. New York, actually, New York might have just upped it to 100,000, possibly. I can't remember, but I, I think they upped it. And now there's like a $5,000 uh access fee or something am, like yeah. that to be on the ballot so not only yeah, do you have to like pay that. that money but you also have to get all of those signatures and it's wild because these signatures mm -hmm. like it's not cheap if you unless if you have the volunteers to do it that's one thing but like realistically candidates are paying five to seven dollars per signature that they're getting yeah it's wild so like you know to, to get that hundred thousand signatures or whatever you're gonna end up spending over a half a million dollars <laughs> how much how is. worth is that and even if you just use volunteers, here's the thing is by the time you get all the signatures, they're exhausted and no longer want to help anymore. Yeah. And they don't want to run the burn campaign. They just burn. So right that's, that's the thing. And that's why they're doing this stuff, right? Like they know that these like third parties can't do that because it costs either too much money or too many man hours or whatever. And that's why they do it because they can just throw the money away. They don't give a shit. Well, let's say hypothetically someone had a check and they could write $500,000 to help get ballot access in New York. Is it better to get one candidate on the ballot to run for a Senate campaign? Or is it better to split that $500,000 bill up between 500 different more local candidates that can go out and actually win a city council seat or maybe two or three in one town, get a majority in a town board and start like abolishing some of the zoning laws? Like, you know what I mean? These yeah. are the things we should think about. Cause like, I mean, even out in um, California, as much as I hate it, as much as I can't stand it, you know, even in California, they were able to flip three of the seats in one town to libertarian. So three out of five of the city council seats out there were flipped to libertarian. They started doing some cool stuff, you know, uh, overturning some of the zoning laws and stuff like that. Um, I don't think they did enough, but at the same time, like that's beside the point. And then, you know, they were able to also win a uh, city or a, a county supervisor. Uh, Jeff Hewitt won uh, Riverside supervisor down there and he was able to do some really great you know libertarian change or liberty change and uh he would 
uh, you know, he privatized the benefit system for like all, you know, public, um, public servants, I guess you could say like police officers, firefighters and all that. He made it a privatized system so that that tax burden is no longer being put onto the citizens. Now they have 401k and they can be responsible for their own future. And they're going to have a better future because they're not reliant on the government one, but two, they're going to be able to reap the reward of every dollar they put into it. They're not going to get pennies on the dollar for everything they do, you know? So um, they're going to be able to actually get a return on investment that's significantly higher. But sorry, I might go on these tangents and it's wild, but <laughs> no, you're fine. It's totally fine. Um, so yeah, so New Hampshire's awesome, uh, except for ballot access laws, like every other fucking state in the country. Yeah. Um yeah. It, it does have to be weird being New Hampshire and then being surrounded by shitty states. Cause like even Pennsylvania is not fantastic. I mean, like, yeah, they, and Pennsylvania is like far enough away where I was like, eh. But like, honestly, like the, just the states that border us, like Vermont and Massachusetts, and then we have Maine on the other side, which Maine yeah. is actually pretty cool. They're they're, they're pretty good there. Uh, but then we got Canada up north. Like, what the fuck is going on over here? How did how did we get to this point? You know, but really, I think it's because we just have had from the get go a better state constitution, basically. And mm -hmm. for some reason, still people still respect constitutions. I don't know why. I didn't sign the constitution, so uh, you know people are gonna piss me for saying this, and maybe even you. Maybe like I ran as a constitutional sheriff, so I totally understand. Uh, I also don't think the constitution applies to any of us because I didn't sign it. I don't believe in social contracts, and I think that's what it is. So it's a weird take, but I'm an anarchist, so that's just where it is. <laughs> I don't see it as a bad take. I. Uh... I said that the constitution is basically useless uh, as the paper it's written on because yeah. all it was was a guide. Like it was like, do these things, not we will protect you for these things. No, it says yeah. do these things. And that's, well, and that's what people in my forget. opinion, like the people who signed it, those are the people who are agreeing to abide by those terms. Mm -hmm. You know, none of those people were elected to represent really, you know, they sent out people from everywhere, but and there were people that were delegating supposedly, representing certain areas but like if you really go down the list some of these guys like really didn't need to be there they weren't representing anybody they were representing their own interests and uh like any of us would really but uh and don't get me wrong like i said i think the constitution is a great framework it is a good set of guidelines like you said um but like at the end of the day none of us signed it it's just another social contract that we abide by because it's socialized into us like what what yeah. <laughs> and that, that is the crazy thing too is like you know as anarchists like i'll tell people like like what i just said you know the constitution is basically fucking useless and it means fuck all because it's paper right yeah um, you know they call us crazy but then they sit there and pretend like the constitution still matters in their mind as everything <laughs> that they say is being monitored and controlled as their guns are being stripped out of their cabinets as you know, you're being regulated and regulated and controlled and regulated. Or they'll like, say yeah, stupid shit like, oh, the constitution was for hunting. Like, <laughs> or, yeah, like, or they just say, like, this is what the constitution wanted. Like, when you, the you second around, amendment, there's yeah. like a camera yeah. sticking out of the closet, you know, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, like, like they act as if, like, any of these, uh, like, any of these rights can't be taken away at any given time because they just interpret the laws. It's, it's all about how they interpret it. You know, like, like I said, if, if Democrats and the majority of people decided that the Second Amendment was just for hunting, then there's like no way they wouldn't be able to pass like any gun legislation that they wanted to at that point. If the, they convinced the whole population Second Amendment was for hunting, game over. But like smart people, like people who can actually read and can see, you know, like a re well-regulated militia has nothing to do with hunting whatsoever. So, uh, you know, this is, uh, we have the right to bear arms. We have the right to do all this shit. So, um, yeah, but sure. I want recreational nukes too. And, and people don't like me to say that either. So. Yeah. People get a little weird about it, but I then remind them promptly that if Elon Musk bought a private Island and then developed the technology to build nuclear warheads, which he could absolutely do. Mm -hmm. um, Cause he has some of the brightest minds in the world working for him as a, a you know, rocket scientist. And uh, yeah. So what's to stop him from doing it? Oh, right. Because it's stupid. That's yeah. a stupid. Like, like it's, it's not like 
the only people dumb enough to buy nuclear warheads are governments. Like, yeah. like we say, we say nukes because you know it, it's funny. It's you know whatever, whatever. But in reality, the only people dumb enough to buy fucking nukes are governments. Like that's that's the truth of it. Right, right. If we can say like you know it's legal for people to buy atomic bombs or something. How many people? You know, I was just talking to a guy the other day about this in New Hampshire. I was like, we have the most lenient gun laws, you know, but I'm not going to rest until we can buy everything. Like, and I don't want to bomb, but I think people should be allowed to buy them if they have them. Why can't we have them? Uh, you know, like, what is like, where's the restriction on freedom here? There shouldn't be any. Even if the freedom can be used for bad, you should still have the freedom, in my opinion. You know what I mean? And I understand, yeah. you know, just because there's no government doesn't mean there's not going to be governance doesn't mean you're not going to have to abide by whatever set of rules that you find yourself surrounded by. If you live in some kind of association or that's basically what it would come down to, you know, you'd basically, uh, uh, like abide by whatever roles your community sets for itself when you move to, to somewhere, you know? And, and yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. We, we gotta like, uh, find a way to roll back and nullify all of these shitty laws and it like just because you nullify all the gun laws and all the weapons laws in general doesn't mean everyone's going to start buying nukes. It's just not going to happen. Nobody's going to buy nukes. I don't know one person that would buy a fucking nuke. Because there, there's something in the ballpark of depending on the megaton yield or whatever, it's like 10 million to hundreds of millions, right? The people who have that money are not going to buy it. I promise you. They have that's much not a real thing. Spend it on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I could buy this ten million dollar bomb that I can never use because I will get annihilated. And, or that new Maserati looking sweet though. And they can blow their money all they want, but most of the time, people with that kind of money, they need a return on their investment. They're not going to buy a nuke that's going to sit in a garage somewhere or a nuclear silo or something. For and they require tons of upkeep. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. There's no chance. No. They'd have to have like multiple scientists on staff at all times just to watch the thing. <laughs> like, and not to wild. mention the fact that the process of getting uranium viable for a warhead, it has it requires a nuclear reactor because they have to burn off some of that energy in some which way and all the chemistry and science shit. But then they use that for warheads. That the infrastructure's not there. I pro no, it's not. Yeah. Like if they wanted to do it, they would just build it now and just set it off. I mean, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, you know, like, and I was dead serious too about the vetting machines with guns at schools. I think that's, I mean, I'm not going to stop till all the freedoms are there. So it doesn't mean any fucking eight year olds are going to be buying weapons at school. I don't know many eight year olds carrying a thousand bucks to kindergarten with them, but, uh, or whatever, uh, you know, yeah. just, it doesn't happen either. So. Or, hear me out, right? some guy's like, dude, my wife will kill me if I buy another gun. <laughs> hey, Johnny, what are you doing tomorrow, buddy? <laughs> can, you, can, you, right. can you read what this says? Davison Arms, AR-15. Good, okay, cool. Here's a thousand bucks. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what the play is right there. That is exactly the play. <laughs> it comes home with like a thousand ice cream cones. Half of them yeah. are already melted, though. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, that McDonald's ice cream machine is broken. <laughs> For sure. Have you read into that conspiracy? And no. It's not a conspiracy. It's a proven fact. I didn't know oh. that they had conspiracies about McDonald's ice cream, but I want to hear it. So that's a real ass thing. So McDonald's doesn't own many actual stores. They're mm -hmm. all franchises. Right. So they mandated that all these franchises buy the same ice cream machine. And guess what? There's only one authorized repairer for that ice cream machine. And That's it's just everything. it's this yeah. whole thing. You dive into it. It's like the, the system was like faulty by design. And all these franchises are pumping wow. money into keeping these ice cream machines going. And the amount of money that they charge per hour just to show up and look at it yeah. is in Sane. I mean, I would love to so, hear what's the number. Do you know the number off the top of your head? What? I, 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 I want to say it was like a six hundred dollar like call out fee. Pull that shit and up, Jamie. It's like two hundred dollars <laughs> per hour. Damn. I think she's looking it up now. That's wild. 
but I watched a documentary on it and it was it it blew my mind, man. It was it McDonald's is basically just like embezzling money off of its franchisees or franchise holders. That's amazing. Doesn't surprise me at all though. That's wild. And it's I mean, totally it kinda, illegal because they signed a contract. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people always like try to benefit themselves. You know, what I mean, there's obviously tons of of uh, you know financial benefit to doing so. Um, I actually just posted like a tweet earlier today. Um, you know, Raytheon just did like a three hundred and forty-five million dollar deal in Tucson for um, Stormbreaker missiles, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, this is obviously stuff that's like approved by the Secretary of Defense and all that stuff, right? Um, Secretary of Defense also, as soon as he gets into office or as soon as Biden gets into office and, high and put him in that position, he goes in and gets a $300 million deal selling Raytheon laser-guided missiles to Chile. Um, but the, the current Secretary of Defense is a sitting board member for Raytheon. So this dude's like doubling and tripling his portfolio. And meanwhile, the general public knows nothing about this. They have no idea this man is sitting on the board and yet facilitating all these hundreds of millions of dollars in missile deals. It's absolutely insane to me. It was it was actually six months into him being uh, Secretary of Defense before they took him off of their board members page. But he's not off the board. He's just a non-voting member. They that, no, I'm saying they took him off the page, but it took oh, him yeah, six yeah, months yeah. to take him off yeah. the page. Yeah, so you like, know so about they, they he's still there, but people they just didn't want people to know about it, right? Right. Yeah, no, like it's it's wild that people aren't more informed about this. Like you'd think that like the mainstream press would have picked this up, at least on one side of it, but that's but that is obviously counter uh counter productive to what their means are, which is to fund wars. Um, you know, uh, but you know, I don't know, at least some alternative media, it, 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 I'm surprised that more alternative media hasn't, hasn't picked it up. Um, corporate press definitely isn't gonna, but you, you know, he's also in the hospital right now, right? Like he's probably not gonna make it to the end of Biden's term. No way. Really? Yeah. I think it was a tumor they found or like cancer or something. He's like not doing good. Like he did. That's yeah. horrible. I actually, uh, so not to like bring down the mood, uh, right before Christmas, a couple of days before Christmas, they found a, like a malignant bone tumor in my leg. So I've been walking around on a fucking cane for the last couple of weeks. It's been horrible. But uh, I was able to get this dope-ass cane sword. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter, but uh, girlfriend bought me a, it's like a fucking actual sword dude this thing's razor sharp that is dope and uh yeah i've been having a lot of fun i might have to use a cane but uh i also get to carry a sword so well hell you already got like two-thirds of the dude that's just it's sharp Daredevil outfit mask so. is steel like it's it's a legit sword man like this thing could it's so sharp it could legitimately probably like take someone's head off <laughs> like it's that's it's dope. ridiculous <laughs> I think the only issue you'd have is that that handle would not be ideal. It's not ideal, but like it does have like this. Uh, it's not the best. It has like this leather grip here, so like if you like hold it there, like you can just go. Let me wield my like sword. You can just Harry Potter that shit. Just be like, I, I I'm not concerned. Let me let me be real. Like I'm not gonna <laughs> like. I also carry a gun with me everywhere, so <laughs> chances of me having to bust out a sword on someone are very minimal. But I have the backup option. If for some reason one method fails or something, you know, so. If you hear 10 shots followed by hear ye, hear ye, you know that all <laughs> 10 shots miss and the sword's coming out. Yeah, you know the sword's coming out at that point. <laughs> at that point, you know, we're jousting. Uh, you know, I don't care where we're at. Like Walmart, we're, we'll joust and someone's going to push me in a cart and I'm going to joust somebody's head off with this sword, so. Um, I... I will probably be the only person in the room with a sword at that time too. So it's going to be slim pickings. He's not going to have any other competition. Florida man better watch out. New Hampshire man's coming for him. <laughs> local New Hampshire man caught jousting with sword in local Walmart. <laughs> More uh, at five. 
Yeah, I gotta be I gotta be careful where I busted out. I was in uh Boston the other week and uh I was showing people the sword and people were like, Oh my god, it's totally illegal down there. Obviously in Massachusetts they they suck with all their laws, but in New Hampshire, I don't I don't know. I don't think it's illegal to have a sword. I'm pretty sure it's not. I don't know. I'm not gonna try to find out, but uh same time, you know, I'm not afraid to bust out a sword and be like, yo, in New Hampshire, I'll show it to everybody. I don't give a fuck. I'll be careful in Massachusetts, and, though. You should you should look and see if duels are legal in uh, New Hampshire still. Oh, well, I will. A lot of states still have legal duels. That's awesome. I will challenge the shit out of any state rep for his seat. I will do that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? I don't remember what state it was. There was a representative that... Uh, Got shot during a duel on the house floor in like 1830 something. Oh, okay. Way back in the day. Uh, yeah. This, I thought you were talking like currently. No I was like, allowed to carry on dude, the floor. that is insane. I was about to like look that shit up on my phone real quick. I'm like, are you for real right now? But yeah, it was an actual duel. And uh, one guy got killed on the floor. That's wild. Wow. So they changed the, they changed house rules to where they couldn't carry anymore. So. Hmm. Well, that's dumb. We need to bring that back. Um, AOC versus MTG, uh, 1v1, one shot, no scope, all that shit. I'm down for it. We can sell tickets. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like if they still allowed guns on the house floor too, I mean, just think about how different January 6th would have looked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, uh, it wouldn't have been the Democrats that were probably wielding the guns, but, uh, you know, like there, there would have been plenty of, I don't know. There was plenty of guns at the Capitol building already. Like, let, let's be real about it. <laughs> and they were only used to kill like what one one person, two people died or something. I don't know. I don't fucking know. There was like one yeah, person that was like shot, that. and the other dude died of a heart attack or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, he was like on the other side of everything. You wouldn't even know about where things yeah. happened. Yeah. something like that. You want to hear about McDonald's? What What about McDonald's? Okay, so. Hold on a second. So apparently, like you were right, only one company makes the ice, ice cream machines that McDonald's franchisees are allowed to use. Um, there's all these errors all the time, and Taylor even builds them so that users can't access the menus, the, the repair menus. Wow. Um, this company, Kitsch, came to McDonald's with a solution, um, like a computer that would go inside it and address the errors automatically. Um and they put it in a few franchises and it worked. And then McDonald's sent an email to his franchises saying that if you use Kitsch, it would void Taylor's warranties. Mm. So Taylor came to them with this big pitch and like this big product that would solve their ice cream problem. And they, they actually put it out to market mm. and it worked. And then McDonald's shut them down. So Kitsch is suing McDonald's for $900 million. Wow. So I did not have getting angry at McDonald's ice cream machines on my bingo card for 2024. But if I did, whoever's got that, they'll X that shit off. And you'll probably want to. I mean, do we have Jews in tunnels either? Like, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Jewish secret tunnels was a new one for me. Let's that not was... go down the rabbi hole, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have stayed very, very far away from that whole thing. <laughs> I can, I, look, I can smell horse shit. A mile away, and there's a lot of horseshit on both sides of that. I'm staying as far away from that as possible, but I do really enjoy some of the memes, like the, oh, yeah, like, uh, like the there was a someone who was showing some footage of people coming out, and there's that audio secret tunnel behind it. Dude, someone just, I think that the videos are hilarious. The videos are hilarious. I don't know why this is so funny to me, but like, like, why can't we find comedy in things anymore, man? Like. Because so because we want to laugh at a bunch of people escaping out of a tunnel, it's anti-Semitism now. <laughs> like, get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. no one's saying, like, they're bad people from coming out of the tunnel or whatever. Like, I don't know what's no. going on. Though. They're probably just hiding. Like, yeah. shit. I mean, like, if I lived in Do you know how many fucking, fucking rednecks too? and crazy white people have fucking bunkers in their backyard? And we're complaining about... Who fuck told you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying... I'm just saying, so like, this is a normal thing. You know, people have like emergency precautions and it's not just the Jays. Okay, guys, like we have lots of rednecks in fucking uh, 
Tennessee, apparently, that have fucking bunkers in their backyard. And there's nothing wrong with that, dude. We we got we got to stay prepared, you know. If you want to have an underground tunnel to avoid uh, all that crazy shit, then fucking have an underground tunnel. That is totally fine. <laughs> New York is just mad they didn't get a tax off of it. That's what they're pissed off. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah, they 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 knew there was money to be made, and so they wanted a piece of it. Yeah, they can charge fifty dollars for you to drive through their fucking city in tolls, but they can't charge a toll on those fucking J tunnels. That's the problem. So. <laughs> oh god all right let's talk stop talking about it that way like people are going to definitely start calling me if i get to semite if i don't <laughs> i'm not by the way <laughs> uh, i do see that you are right though i do miss comedy being just comedy and i think and i've talked to Susie about this recently is comedy is making a comeback right like it's not woke bullshit mm-hmm. anymore like yeah. you've seen dave Chappelle just go out on stage shitting on whoever he feels like because he can because it's funny. It's yeah. comedy. I, I mean, white Christians get shit on. Hillbillies and rednecks, my people get shit on. It's funny. If it's funny, it's funny. I don't understand when we forgot what comedy was supposed to mean. Like, finally, SNL starting to get funny again. And it's mm-hmm. just, I, I, I don't understand these people. Like, how do you hate yourself so much that even comedy? We have to ruin comedy. Like yeah. comedy is the one thing that's probably gotten us through as a civilization for over 2000 years. All right. We've had jesters that like the Kings and Queens had jesters. There's people that have like needed to be comics in order for us to like, you know, maintain our sanity. You know, if we can't have comedy, we can't have anything. Also, this shit's fucking crazy. What you have up on the screen. Yeah. right now? <laughs> I didn't even hear about this. I swear. I keep hearing Yiddish under the floor in my apartment. And then, like, a few weeks later, this happens, and he's tweeted, some of you owe me an apology. That is wild. Also, uh, you're a psychopath for not using dark mode on Twitter. Thank you. Sorry. It's not my regular computer. I have that on my phone. <laughs> my it's all laptop things, my friend. <laughs> yeah. uh, Everywhere I go is dark mode. Calm down, Every- emo. <laughs> the emo's got to stay in the dark mode at all times. That's true. This this room is extremely dark. I've got no lights on except for these little things right here. And that's it. That's all I need. Yeah. There you go. You got your hood and everything, you know, just like hooded up and the emo is shit. Uh, <laughs> that looks more hillbilly than emo, but whatever. I, I feel like I'm about to actually, like, to be honest with you, I feel like I'm going to bust out eight mile right now and just fucking go full. <laughs> <in>. uh, <laughs> How is bomb spaghetti? It, uh, yeah there's vomit on my sweater already so <laughs> uh mom's spaghetti but yeah so i i don't know like uh yeah it's it's crazy man the world is crazy it's freaking crazy so 2024 is shaping up to be just the next chapter in our lives and what the fuck happened <laughs> yeah i mean in 2024 the emos are going to take over one. We're going to take over the libertarian party at DC. Uh, I'm going to be running a full slate of people to run against the LNC to, uh, you know, I'm going to be running for chair for the emos. And, uh, you know, I've got basically a full slate right now of people who are, are going to run for LNC on behalf of the emos. And we're going to win. We're going to sweep it and we're going to turn the LP emo and uh, prove to the world. It's not a phase. Live free or cry. That's the definition. So, well, I think I found my new chair. So, hell yeah. Live free or cry, dude. That's what it is. It's not Live a phase. Free or cry. Live free or cry. <laughs> That's what you call it. Do you have t shirts with that? Uh, I have a lot of plans with all of this <laughs> this year. Uh, it's hey. going to be wild. <laughs> if you do a live free and cry t shirt, tag me. I'll buy a couple. Okay. All right. Deal. You got yourself a deal, sir. I'll have emo Ron Paul, uh, you know, you know, with the emo bangs and guy liner yes. and it'll say live free or cry. I love it. There you go. <laughs> Down with it. Yeah. Well, Mr. Emo, can I call you Mr. Emo? You may call right, me. Steve. Anyway, I'll represent the emos now. I'm, I'm the representative. Mr. Emo. There you go. Um, where can people find you? What what do people need to know? And uh, you know, 
Um, so you can find me on Twitter at the emo and cap. I'm also on Instagram under the handle, but I don't really use that. Um, if you're interested in enjoying the emo caucus, uh, you can just message me anywhere. Um, but also there's a Facebook group that's pretty active. We just share music in there all the time. Um, you know, and, and just kind of shoot the shit. There's nothing political about it whatsoever. It's just a place for people to go to share music and have fun. Um, we don't want to be involved with party politics as much as, you know, I like to pick fun and, and just have fun with it. Um, there's that. I also would recommend checking out the free state project or the libertarian party, of New Hampshire, if you haven't done so already. Um, and yeah, I also host a podcast twice a week called shut the punk up. I just started that recently and I've got, uh, you know, uh, politicians coming on, but also tons of musicians. I've got like, uh, the guitarist from the Atari's coming on in a couple weeks. Um, also the singer from, or one of the singers and guitarists from Zebrahead. Um, you know, some, a lot, a lot of the punk bands that I grew up listening to, um, and, uh, you know, I've got, I got way more news to bust out than that, but you know, over the next few weeks, I gotta, gotta keep it on the DL. Um, but yeah, twice a week, eight to 9 PM on Wednesdays and Sundays, I host shut the punk up. It's on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and everywhere. So rumble, you name it. So. Hell yeah. Well, Ben, I appreciate you coming out, man. It's, uh, it's been a good time and, uh, we've had some good laughs and, uh, hopefully, yeah. Nobody gets canceled tomorrow in the, in the I, morning. Light. I appreciate it. No, thanks so much for everything, man. I'm glad to be here. And uh, yeah, anytime, dude. All right, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, good night. Too. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, final words. Um, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, share, like, comment, do all that stuff. It helps us out. It costs you nothing and helps us a billion. Uh, that's it. That's all I got for you. Uh, good night, good liberty, and uh, we'll catch y'all around. See ya. I think that was good. Wasn't bad. Well, do you think I should use that one or no? Should I make another recording? It's it's good. It's good enough to use. Good enough. <laughs>